With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Gittin Daf Chavhei, page 25. We begin at the bottom of Chavtal Aram Abayz, two lines from the bottom. B'marava Amri Mishmeid Rabbi Lazar. In Marava, in Eretz Yisrael, they said in the name of Rabbi Lazar as follows. Small Valaila Psulois Upaislois. So we're continuing the previous idea. We're talking about Chalitza, the case where there was a woman who was married to a man, and that man died and they had no children. So she's now Machuiv, she's obligated to marry the man's brother. Now, the, if the brother does not want to marry her, so what he does, instead of yibum, he does chalitza. Chalitza is, in effect, a type of get, a type of divorce, because there is an obligation for him to marry her. And she chooses, he chooses not to marry her, and until he actually does this chalitza, so she's not able to get married to anybody else. So now, if if he does a chalitza, so the, the part of the process of chalitza is that he has to take off his right shoe, and she spits in the shoe, and uh, and so in this case, and also it has to be done during the day. So in this case, what happened was he did it instead of with, with his right shoe, he did it with his left shoe, and he did it at night. So both of these cases, so if it was done in either of these two ways, so it's possible, it's not a good chalitza. So that means that if she wants to go and marry somebody else, she's not allowed to. However, it's also postlos. In the case of chalitza, she's no longer allowed, she's not going to be able to marry one of the brothers. She's not going to be able to even marry maybe even him. Not, it's not clear about that. But either way, that uh, it's not it's not a good it's not a good chalitza, and it's a puzzle chalitza. Nevertheless, she's still puzzle. She's still not allowed to marry any of the brothers. And we continue katan va'anpilya. However, in a case let's say where the one who tried to do chalitza was a minor, was a minor, or an anpilya is a type of cloth shoe. It's not a regular shoe. It's not a leather shoe. It sounds like it has to be a proper leather shoe. So in both of these two cases, these aren't even things that begin to, to start to look like chalitza. It's not just like you did something that was not okay. You did something that no, doesn't even start, doesn't even begin. So therefore, psulos, it's not a good chalitza, vein poslos. And it does not ruin her from being able to marry one of the brothers. Ziri Amar, Ziri says, Kulon ain't poslin now we're going back to the Mishnah, and, and Ziri says the only case that they're going to, to be possible is only the last one. Meaning, we said in the Mishnah that all these different cases, they're possible, they're no good. If, he's, if she's going and she's getting married with, a, with some kind of divorce document that was written for someone else, it was written for nobody, all these different cases. So in the final case was a case where it was written, and the, the sofer was told that whichever one I decide to divorce, that's who I want you to write it for now. So in a certain sense, it was written for the woman that, that he tried to use it with. Nevertheless, it wasn't completely written for her. So Ziri says in that case, it's possible, it's not a good get, and not only that, but it does have a semblance of a good get, because since there was some kind of lishma, it was done in a certain sense for her, because the sofer had in mind whoever he's going to do, that's what I'm having in mind now. Nevertheless, so she's still not allowed to marry a Kohen, because there is some semblance of a get. Rabbi Yechanan, I married Rabbi Yechanan, says, Even in the last case, it doesn't do anything. Rabbi Yechanan goes according to his own reasoning, because Rabbi Yechanan says the name of Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan holds, He holds generally, not just in this case, but in all cases, and the case that we bring down over here from Rabbi Yechanan, is talking about a case where, so the Yorshim, let's say somebody dies, and he leaves over a certain amount of property, so his children get to split it up. Now what happens in Yovel? And during so all of the property returns to its original owner. So now, are these children who Yarshin, who got this Yerusha, who got this inheritance, are they considered that they are now the original owner? Or perhaps no, we say that it goes back. It's as if they didn't actually get whatever was supposed to be theirs. They didn't really get each person what actually in reality belongs to them, because we can never know which part actually belongs to each one. But rather it's like a mechir, it's like they were, it was sold to them and we just divvied it out. 
So therefore it goes back and it's redivided out again. That's Rabbi Yochanan Shrita. He holds Ein Breira. We don't say that it's Mavura or it's clear by whoever gets it that that was a portion that was really apportioned to them. So there again we see that he holds Ein Breira. He says it over there and I'll say it over here as well. So therefore since he says he holds in general Ein Breira, he holds that we do not, we can't be Mavar, we can't clarify something later for something that happened previously. So too in this case of Kedushin, I'm sorry, Gitin, by where he's divorcing her and it's not clear which one he means to divorce. So over here Rabbi Yechen will hold that it's nothing. It doesn't begin, it doesn't start. It's not at all a good get, a, a good get because the Beirur, the clarification that happens later does not clarify for the beginning. So that's why he says that it doesn't even make her puzzle to a Kohen, and she still would be able to marry a Kohen, assuming that her present husband dies. Vitzricha, we need it. We need both of these cases. We need Rabbi Yechon to say as halacha of Ein Breira. There's no clarification in both of these cases, both, both by Get and by these Yorshim. Because if I had just said it in this case, by a divorce document, that's why Rabbi Yechonon says that we don't, we can't clarify later what we meant earlier because we need it to be written for her. Lishma means completely for her. And therefore, it can't be clarified later. If you didn't have it, the right person in mind originally, it doesn't help later that you clarified it. Over there, by when it comes to the Yorshim, when it comes to that case of the inheritors, only when do we say that things have to return and go back to the original owners? Only by something that was sold. Uh, but if we're talking about some kind of inheritance or some kind of gift, we don't say that. It's not necessary. We wouldn't say, we would, Rabbi Yechon would agree that there's a concept of Brera there. And if I would have taught you that by the field that we say Brera, because over there it's creating a Chumra. There we're saying that there's no Brera, and therefore they have to return and go over it again and do it over. Or we say that no, that has nothing to do with Brera at all. We're just returning it back to its original status, its original state, which was that it was belonged to the father. And so therefore, if it belongs to the father, now they have to re-inherit it. Nothing to do with Brera. So you might think that over here, that when it comes to a woman, that indeed we would say Brera, we could say that something that's clarified later can be, can, can make it as if she had, the, the silver had had the right intention in mind at the original time. So that's why we need to say it. Over here, because it's going to end up being a kula, because we're going to end up letting her, allowing her to marry somebody. So that's the, the chiddush is, that even so we allow her to go and marry some kind of kohen, even though she has been given this document, this document is meaningless because Yechonon holds Ein Brera. There's no clarification later on. Bamine Rav Rav Yehuda. Rav Hoysheh asked the following question from Rav Yehuda. Amr Lavler, let's see, said to the scribe, Write this document to whoever is going to come out of the door first. Mahu, what's the halach? Amr so he said, Tinisua, it's the Mishnah. Yes, sir, Mikain, Amr Lavler. Additionally, if someone says to a scribe, Write it out to whoever, whichever one I want to, that I'm going to divorce. Apostle, it's no good, Lagarish boy, to use it as a divorce document. Amma in Brera, so we see clearly there's no concept of Brera. We do not allow a person to do this. You can't clarify later what you meant earlier. I'll ask you a question. Let's say someone says to his sons, I'm going to slaughter the Pesach, the Korban Pesach. Whoever gets to Jerusalem first. What happens before they got there, Rashi explains, before they actually got there, so the father went and he did this, the slaughtering. Now, what happens? They are all running, trying their fastest, trying their best to get to the fastest. And what happens? The first guy that gets there, so he merits, as, the, as soon as he walks in with his head and most of his body, so he merits his portion. And he also merits all of his brothers along with him. 
So what do we see over here? We see that there is Brera. You see that the first guy that gets there, he's the one who, who's getting his, his portion. So he says to him, My son, There's not a good question from Sachim to Gitin. Because behold, it was said about this, says, The only reason that he said that is just to, to make them quick, to get to, to Yerushalayim quickly. But the truth is that he already had in mind from the very beginning that he's going to give it to all of them. We can deduce this, actually, we can, we can figure it out from the very fine points of the words. We said in the Mishnah, so it says as soon as he gets into Yerushalayim, so he's he's merited his portion and he's he's meriting for his brothers their portion. Yeah, So if if you say that he already appointed them from the beginning, very good. If he had not originally had them in mind, the father. So and 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 it's happening right now. So then. Could he possibly go and do this? We learned in the Mishnah, after the Shechita, it's, no, it's too late. You can take part in, you can join in, or you can back out of being part of a certain carbon, as long as it has not yet been slaughtered. But as soon as it's slaughtered, so then it's too late. So it must be that he had them in mind originally. So even though they're getting there afterwards, so they all, the father had them all in mind. So it has nothing to do with Brera at all. And the only reason that the father said this in the first place was just in order to be mezarzim, to quicken them, to help them to get there faster. Tanya Namihachi, we have a brisa, which is similar to this. There was a story where the daughters got there before the sons. And the daughters were quick, and the sons were, were slow. So of course it doesn't mean that the sons lost out, but rather it just means that they got there faster. But Avad, the father, had in mind everyone at the beginning. Abaye says like this, he asks like this. It's important that we understand there's two different types of Tanoim. We're talking about here, we're talking about Brera. Brera means that we're clarifying something later. We're saying something now, and it's dependent on something that's going to be clarified later. So now there's two types of things that can be clarified later. It can be t- clarified I'm going to, that I say, I'm going to do something later. It's going to clarify what I meant now. So if I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about something that I'm going to clarify later that shows that I am not clear about exactly what I want to do. Like for instance, I say, I want to divorce one of my two wives. I'm not sure which, which one. So... I have to decide later. That's not clarified now. However, if I say that this, uh, that I want something to happen based on something something that's going to happen by someone else, a decision that someone else is going to make later, so that's a different level of clarification. It's a totally different type of clarification. Like let's say I, if I say if the sun shines tomorrow and it doesn't rain, then I'm going to give a, um, this 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 get is going to be good. So that's the type of clarification that's not totally. It doesn't depend on me. So Rabbi is asking is like this. Originally, we asked from the case of Talabadasa Khairim. The case of Hisha, his question was a case where he said that I, that I want you, the sofer, the scribe, to write it out for somebody who whichever wife comes out of the door first. So that's something that's not dependent upon me. But our mission is talking about a case where it is dependent on me. I'm saying, write it out to the one who I'm going to give it to. And there it's less clear because I don't even know who I'm giving it to, obviously, if I didn't tell you who I'm giving it to. And then what do we do? We bring a case of Psachim, of Pesach, Korban Pesach. He says, I, I want to do something. I want to clarify who I'm slaughtering this for based on something that happens later, which is not dependent upon me. dependent upon who gets there first. So that's a different, totally different case. That's a totally abadas He's making it dependent on someone else's decision or someone else's someone else's deal, someone else's doings. So how can we even compare these cases? Amarav um, says, my kusha. What's the problem? Maybe the one who says that there is brayer, we can clarify later for something that was done earlier. There's no difference between if you're doing it based on a condition, a clarification that's going to happen by someone else, or a clarification that's going to happen by oneself. 
So no matter what, it's Lebrera, he holds that there is Brera. Uman the less Lebrera, the one who holds that there is no Brera, Loshna Toilo Badas Atzmai, Loshna Toilo Badas Achim. He doesn't, it doesn't make a difference to him whether you're making it dependent on something which is someone else's decision or one's own decision. Less Lebrera, either way, he holds that there's no Brera, there's no clarification later on. We do have a sheet. There is a person who says that that there is a difference between and whether or not you made it dependent upon yourself or someone else. Rabbi Yehuda holds that in regards to when you made it dependent on your own thoughts, there is nowhere we can't clarify it later. But when you make it dependent on someone else, then it, you can create some kind of clarification later. How do we know that Rabbi Yehuda holds this way in regards to where he made it dependent upon his own thoughts? He holds that you do not have Brera, you can't clarify later the time we learned in a Brisa. If let's say you buy some kind of wine from a Kuthite, so we can't assume that you took off Trumas and Maestros, the guy did not take off any kind of tides. So you, what you do is like this Two of the Lugs that I'm going to take off is going to be Truma. Asara Maestro Ten of them are going to be my Serishan. Tisha, my Sershani. And nine are going to be my Sershani. So now we turn to Chafhema Beis, page 25b. So he's allowed to go and drink it right away. The Rameer holds that we say Yesh Bera. Even though you're not actually taking it off now. So the fact that you're going to take it off later, you don't know what you're going to take off later, right? Because you haven't drunk yet. Because only whatever's left after you drink is what's going to be taken off later. So but there's a concept of Yesh Bera according to Rameer. Rameer holds we can clarify later what I mean now. Meaning, so you ha- it's considered that you have separated off the Meister because whatever you take off later is considered separate now. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Shimon, Eisen. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Shimon all say that it's not true. You can't do it. So what's that case? The case is it's something that's dependent on something I am going to do later. And nevertheless, Rabbi Yehuda is saying that in Brera, in that case, we do not say that you can clarify later something that I'm doing now. But in the case where it's dependent on someone else's understanding, someone else's decision, so he holds, you can create a clarification. Let's see what Rabbi Yehuda says. The Tanawi Lada Mishnah. So Rashi explains that this case is talking about a case where a man is divorcing his wife because he's very sick and he doesn't want her to fall to Yibam, he doesn't want her to have to marry his brother, they don't have any children. So what does he do? He writes her a get, he writes her a divorce document and he says, if I die from this sickness, then this divorce document will be chal, it will happen. So now the question is like this. She right now is married to a Kohen. That's what, that's what we're going to say. The case is where he's married to a, she's married to a Kohen. This guy is about to die as a Kohen. So we want to know, when does she consider divorce? Does she consider divorce from the first moment that he gives the get, and therefore she will not be able to eat the truma? She won't be able to eat any Kohen food? She's a regular Yisrael woman? Or perhaps no, perhaps she considered divorce only later, only when we find out that he dies. So that's the question. So, so to this, Rabbi Huda says that she's considered an HSC, she's considered completely married for all men, and therefore she's allowed to eat truma still. But he agrees that when when the husband does indeed die, that she's divorced. So what do we see? We see he holds yesh He holds that even though it's something that's talibadas acherim, it's not dependent on this guy's decision if he's going to die or not. It's dependent on Hashem's decision. So nevertheless, we see he holds yesh There is a clarification later on, and the get will be good lemafreya retroactively. So so we see that there's somebody who holds yesh in a case of where it depends on someone else's decision. And he holds, we do not say clarifications like this when it's dependent on his own decision. 
Amale Ravina, it should be Lerava. Ravina says to Rava, we have another person who says this way. We have Rabshimin, the Tadabadas Atzmai, less liberal in regards to the case where he's depend- making it dependent upon himself. He holds you cannot clarify something later. But Tadabadas Acherim is liberal. And in the case where he makes it dependent on someone else's decision or someone else's clarification, he holds there is Brera. You can clarify later. How do we know that he holds that in regards to a case where it's dependent on someone else? I'm sorry, it's dependent on his own decision later on, that he holds that you cannot clarify. That's the case that we said earlier with the wine that was bought from the Kuthites. So he was along with the Shita Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Shimon is along with him and says that indeed, you cannot clarify something later. However, when it's dependent on someone else's decision or someone else's clarification, he holds there is a clarification. The Tanya, as we learned in Abba. Let's say somebody says to his wife, to a woman he wants to marry, he says, I'm, I'm having relations with you in order to marry you, but on the condition that my father is okay with it. So the Tanakhama holds that even though the father doesn't want it, so even though he hasn't fulfilled the condition, nevertheless, they are married. And Rashi explains because it's the concept of A person doesn't just have relations with a woman for no reason. Whenever he has relations, he means to marry that woman. the son of Yehuda, says in the name of Rishimin, we turn on to Chafavam and Aleph. If the father wants, then they're married. If the father does not want, then they're not married. So here we see again that Rabbi Shimon holds that Yesh Brer, there is a concept of Brer, you can't clarify something later on, and even though it's dependent on someone else's decision or someone else's uh, clarification. So again, we see that there's somebody who holds that there is Brer in one case and not Brer in the other case. So how could Rabbi be saying that there's that, that there's that it's across the board always true? So he responded, Rabbi responded and says, Whether you're talking about Rehuda or Koin Terb Shimon, it doesn't matter where it's dependent upon his own decision and his own clarification later on. It doesn't matter if it's dependent on someone else's clarification later on. He always holds that there is indeed clarification. Aye, so what's the Pshat? What's the understanding of the case with the wine? How is it that he holds that you can't drink that wine? Over there, the reason is, as the, as, the, as it says over there explicitly, they said to Reb Meir, they said, don't you agree? Now, let's say the, the barrel bursts, so, so they're not going to be able to take off the miser, and therefore it's going to come out that retroactively it's going to be clear that you're drinking, you're drinking a mixture of miser and chulin. So how can you tell me that, that, uh, that you can just drink? Maybe something's going to happen, that's going, they're going to lose it. So, he, so Mary responded and said, we'll worry about that when it happens. But the bottom line is that we see that both Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon agree that the reason over there has nothing to do with it's not a problem that you're not going to be able to clarify later on, but we're afraid that you're not going to be able to clarify for a different reason. Really, you could clarify later on, and really, Yeshbera, there is a concept that you can clarify later on, but over here, we're afraid that the barrel is going to burst, and you're not going to be able to clarify later on.